Hang on tight. Fish Talk Radio is about to take you on a fishing adventure. You're about to go places you have even yet to desire and revisit familiar favorites with live on-the-water expert insider tips. Now, sit up straight, pay attention, take notes, and join the party for a blue water, white water, and calm water adventure. Check out fish tips and trips online at fishtalkradio.com. And now, the all-natural attitude adjustment. Welcome to Fish Talk Radio. I am John Hennigan in studio. Today, we have Mark Lassane from Bass Angler Magazine that's going to be helping us out today. Mark, uh, thanks for coming to the rescue. Yeah, you're welcome, man. I always love and enjoy talking about bass. You know, I've been... I've been staring at my computer for the last uh, week or so, editing 30 <laughs> new articles, so I'm, uh, I'm happy to get out and start talking about it. Well, it's, uh, when's the time to start? Uh, you know, right now is really good. It's, uh, this is the time of year when you, maybe you're not going to catch a lot of fish, but you have the chance of catching you know, the fish of a lifetime. Um, you know, I got an email yesterday and the day before. A guy caught a 16-pound, 11-ounce bass. Uh, a couple days before, he caught a 12-pound bass, both of them on a swim bait, you know, in a little, little lake up here in Northern California. But it's happening all over. Guys are getting 8, 9, 10, 12-pound bass. Um, it's just a, you know, it's really, really a fun time of year to, to catch a big, giant one. You know, when you start moving into the summer, you catch a lot more fish. But, you know, early spring, pre-spawn, um, the, the big ones really move up and start to eat. And, and that's the time just to have a, have a great time. Uh, and really catch some. So, and you know, those guys that are really enthusiasts that, um, you know, want to learn how to fish a swim bait, you know, they like throwing those big 10, 12-inch baits, you know, now is the time. Now is really the time to go out and try them, to go out and learn them, experiment with them. Uh, you know, you can really have a good time because they just knock the fire out of it. You know, I mean, when you're throwing a 12-inch bait that looks like a big rainbow trout, um, you know, I mean, the fish that's going to eat that thing has got to be at least five pounds. Probably, it's probably more than twelve ounces, anyway. Yeah. Well, <laughs> Mark, so, we got so we got a lot, we got a lot, we got a lot to it's, cover. It's we're gonna, fun. Mark, we're going to take a quick break. We got a lot to cover. Stay tuned. We're going to start off with a very special guest: is uh, radio debut, the manager of the Costa Baja Resort in uh, why my favorite place, La Paz. Right now, we're going to go to a quick break, and we're going to be right back with you. You're listening to Fish Talk Radio. Are you ready for a whale watching adventure? The Santa Barbara Channel is known as one of the best whale watching areas in the world. Over 27 species of whales, dolphins, and porpoises come here throughout the year. And there's no better way to spend time with these wonderful animals than aboard the high-tech Condor Express. Bring the whole family for an unforgettable whale watching adventure. The Condor Express is Santa Barbara's premier charter boat for whale watching, island excursions, sunset cruises, and private charters. Call Sea Landing at 882-0088 to book your trip. We'll see you on the Condor Express. Local fishing at its finest is aboard the Stardust. Day and half day trips on Stardust sport fishing are a family affair. Find out what it's like to view Santa Barbara from the water while you are catching dinner. See whales, dolphins, and Channel Islands up close. Spotless boat and friendly crew are perfect for beginner or expert. Get aboard with Jason Diamond and his crew on Stardust sport fishing, operating at a sea landing in the Santa Barbara Harbor. Clover Pass Resort, Ketchikan, Alaska, is in the heart of the salmon capital of Alaska. Walk a few yards to the dock and throw a line at king, silver, or pink salmon. Just a 90-minute direct flight from Seattle. You can be in your boat fishing the day you arrive. The calm waters at Clover Pass hold schools of salmon as well as halibut and rockfish. Clover Pass offers all-inclusive fishing packages starting under $1,000. For more information, call John at 877-FISH-RAP. That's 877-FISH-RAP. So you're covered in sand up to your waist thanks to the excessive digging of two very ambitious children and you think, wait, did I lock my Impala back in the parking lot? And normally you'd just sit and stew about it. But you live in a time when an OnStar app lets you control your car from nearly anywhere in your world like it's some extremely remote control car 
which it kind of is. So you tap the icon that zaps a signal that says to your car, boop, here's a signal to flip the mechanism that locks the door that sends a signal back to your phone to say, yes, your car is now safely locked. And you gotta wonder about the guy walking by when it happens. He's like, wow. And you're like, wow. And if you slow your brain for just a nanosecond, you realize just how amazing modern technology really is. All because you drive a Chevrolet Impala connected by OnStar. For details, availability, and system limitations, visit OnStar.com. It's time to fight fire with steel. To advance truck technology with an available Pentastar V6 and 8-speed transmission. The 2013 Ram 1500 with best-in-class fuel economy. Engineered to move heaven and earth. Guts. Glory. Ram. Standard pickup class excludes hybrids. EPA estimated 17 city, 20 combined, 25 highway MPG based on V6 4x2. Ram is a registered trademark of Chrysler Group LLC. Welcome back to Fish Talk Radio. This is John Hennigan in studio. With us, we have Mark Lassane from Bass Angler Magazine. And here for his radio debut, the general manager of the five-star Costa Baja Resort in beautiful City of Peace, La Paz, Baja, California, Sir Eduardo Herrera. Eduardo, thanks for coming in. Welcome. Hi, John. How are you? Hi, Mark. How are you? Well, good, good. Well, I have to, uh, a couple of uh, things real quick. I have, um, Mark, I think you've, you've been to La Paz, but it really is one of my favorite places, and I'm so excited that the possibility that Eduardo is going to be helping us out from time to time and giving us more updates and reports and why we should even want to go to La Paz. Now, I've got my own ideas, but this show is not just about me. We're supposed to be talking to Eduardo. But if you want to, Eduardo, why don't you give us a little bit of overall uh, background, maybe a little bit of history about the uh, capital city of La Paz, Baja California, sir. Sure, sure. Thank you very much. So the La Paz, Baja California is located just uh, immediately. Other people know Los Cabos area. We are two hours from the, that airport, international airport. And La Paz is the capital of the state where we have a lot of history because uh, there is a couple of, of events that they put at us in the history that is one of them that, uh, you know, the, the, the prize novel, uh, John Steinbeck's was right here, the, the, the novel of the Pearl, which is one of the most important novels that he, 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 mm-hmm. he won as a, a Pulitzer Prize. And, and it is important in La Paz because we have an, 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 an historic event where we, everybody knows that the pearl of 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 the queen England the England queen has in the in the crown it's it came from La Paz. Oh, so I didn't know that. Did, I didn't. You know didn't that. know that, mm-hmm. that that the pearl that they, that she mm-hmm. has on the crown is come comes from La Paz. Well, I I don't know if it's history or if it is an urban legend, but from what I can understand, uh, La Paz was basically the pearl capital of the world up until the beginning of the uh, the nineteen hundreds, I believe, or or maybe shortly after that, and uh, hundreds of years ago, the uh, um, I guess it was the uh, the Spanish. Uh, would go up to uh, La Paz and load up with their booty. And then when they were going back down south, uh, when they passed by the uh, the harbor of Cabo San Lucas, the, uh-huh. I think it was the, the English pirates would go out. The sink, pirates, yeah, sink the boats, take the, take the uh, whatever they wanted. And, and that, that went on for many years. So there, it, and it's a uh, lot of history. It was one of the first places settled in the Americas. That's wow. correct. One of the places when you can find a, a beautiful pearls, different colors, black pearls, mm-hmm. pink pearls, white pearls. And it was, I think it was, it. it's, uh, well, it was around, was it, it was 1698? No, that was Loretto. But it, right, right around 1700, uh, and it was, it was when uh, uh, the, the city was established, yes? Exactly. It's a 15, 15, 15, uh, 900. Oh, like uh, 479 years. Uh, wow. Foundation. 
Yeah. Wow. It's, a, it's, a, it's the oldest, the oldest uh, city in, in, in the, in the, in the mm-hmm. area. Yeah, it was way before they landed yeah. at Plymouth Rock. But and the, the most important thing is that the population are the same. <laughs> we <laughs> yeah. don't have too much people here. <laughs> right. Well, that's a, La Paz is a, is a tourist town, but it's more for tourists from mainland Mexico. And the uh, gringos that go down there don't want to tell anybody about it because they, wanna, they like it the way it is. <laughs> Exactly. All the people that know La Paz, nobody wants to share with their friends mm-hmm. because it's too pretty quiet, and, mm-hmm. and it is nice to, to, to right. Spend well, there's there's no children selling chiclets. You know, there's you know there's no hustlers. <laughs> there's nobody selling exactly. nobody selling Cuban cigars at every couple blocks. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Nobody selling timeshares. Yeah. <laughs> right. I I'd like to know how's the fishing down there in La Paz? Do you do you have you know tuna and dorado and and sailfish mm-hmm. all in? Uh, Relatively close there, or, yeah. or do you fish yeah. for something else? Well, the uh, to, if, to Eduardo, I hope you don't mind if I jump in on that one because I've fished there many, many, many times, even before you got down there. But the uh, Jacques Cousteau called the Sea Cortez the aquarium to the world. And La Paz, especially in the spring, you go down when the Monterey's are being frisky. And they'll be, you know, be fl- flying in the air, jumping and playing. And then as the water warms up, you'll see Dorado and Marlin jumping. And, and this time of the year, the cooler water fish would be the yellowtail and the Sierras are prolific. But, uh-huh. yes, if you wanted to, uh, uh, even you know, on a fly rod, it started to become popular now to hook into some of those. And then, of course, you've got some awesome rock fishing. But right north of... Uh, La Paz is uh, was to, is Espiritu Santos, Eduardo. Espiritu Santo Island, exactly. Espiritu Santo Island, uh-huh. mm-hmm. and that is uh, it's uh, it's a national preserve. Is it what what is that? Who, who owns that? It's it's a national reserve where you can find more than a, a two thousand different species of fishes, and, and, and you know, it's oh, a, wow. a reserve, natural species uh, reserve that we can where we we take care about that, no. Mm-hmm. And you can swim. The most important thing is you can you can swim and you can enjoy the the the, the, the snorkeling with the with the sea lions, no? Yes. And if you have a lucky, you can oh, see yeah, yeah. different whales <clears throat> and you can see whale sharks and and, and, and fly rice, no? Well, the also uh, right down the street from you, and and you also you know, within the same complex, you have dive shops. I know a lot of people from uh, Japan and Germany will come over because the scuba diving is world class. The water. Uh, during the, the you know the summer and fall would be into the mid maybe even the high 80s, and mm-hmm. the cl- the water clarity is absolutely incredible. In, you know, 20 feet you can throw a coin in the water, probably, that, and, that's and you could you can almost read the date. But it is uh, it, it's awesome for that. So, and then the you know the rockfish that are there. And I'm sure, Mark, that if you could take some of your bass gear down there, there's a lot of things that, you, that you'd have a lot of fun with. I, I catch tuna on my bass gear, so I'm sure we could have a good we could have a good time. I'm I'm ready to just hang up and uh, go on down right now. Well, as Sounds a matter good clear water, good fishing, scuba diving. <laughs> <laughs> well, as a matter of fact, yeah, now, now that you bring that up, right now we're, we're planning. I have to say it's tentatively planned because it was kind of a last-minute put-together, and, and we've only got about 90 days to, to fill this trip up. But Eduardo has invited us to come down to stay at the Costa Baja Five-Star Resort and spend uh, about four, four nights down there, I believe. But, Eduardo, tell us a little bit about the hotel itself. Okay, see, we are in a five-star hotel, the only one in, in La Paz, and we have an, uh, 115 rooms, uh, some of them with ocean view and a golf course view because we have one of the best golf courses in, 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 in Mexico. It's the only guided-player golf course that we have in Mexico. And, and, and we have a marina for 250 sleeps. The four restaurants, we have an, an, a beautiful high-end uh, spa for all our guests. We have an application rental services. We have a condo services. So it's a beautiful uh, development with, uh, near on the beach, exactly on the beach. So uh, we are promoting uh, to have a different, different kind of, 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 of because it's too rich to, to, to came to fish in La, in, in La Paz. So we are promoting uh, for seasonal, uh, season, season, season uh, species uh, fishing trips. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, we're gonna we're planning on putting a trip. Uh, we've got one. If you go to fishtalkradio.com, on the top of the p- homepage, 
to the right, there'll be an icon that says Real Fun Adventures. Click on that, and it says Real Fun Trips 2014, and the first one is to La Paz. Very reasonable, and, you know, this is just a lot of fun. But you might even want to think about uh, bringing a significant other on this one because you're going to be staying at one of the premier resorts. And to be able to stay at one of the premier resorts and the premier fishing at the price that we've got it at, uh, you don't want to miss it. Uh, Eduardo, we're going to have to uh, cut you loose, but obviously we're going to be having you on a lot more. Give us an idea how to get in touch with you. So you can you can go directly with you and uh, fishingshow.com, but you can... Uh, talk to us, and uh, we have an 800, an 800 uh, phone number directly to, to to the hotel, and 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 we have a, a web page costabajaresort.com. Okay. Right, <clears throat> and then of course um, if you just if you just type in Baja, uh, excuse me, Costa Baja, Costa Baja, Costa Baja Resort La Paz, it'll pop up all over the place. You got a beautiful website, a beautiful beautiful hotel with all the amenities, and we didn't even touch on everything that's there. So, Eduardo, we appreciate you joining us. You did a great job for your first time on the radio. You are listening. Thank you very much. You are listening to Fish Talk Radio. Yeah, we have we have Mark. Mark, you stay there. We're going to be right back with. Barbara Channel offers some of the most productive sport fishing in the world. Channel Island Sport Fishing offers the most boats to enjoy it. Call 805-383-1612. At Channel Island Sport Fishing, you pick the time and place you want to go. Nearshore halibut, calico bass and rockfish, or fish the Channel Islands for white sea bass and yellowtail. For whale watching and private charters, Channel Island Sport Fishing in Oxnard has clean, modern boats with professional, friendly crews. Make your reservations for a deep-sea adventure by calling 805-383-1612. The East Cape of Baja, Mexico is world famous for sport fishing. Dorado, tuna, wahoo, marlin, sailfish, roosterfish, and pargo. The Van Wormer Resorts make dreams come true at a price all can afford. Hotel Palmas de Cortez, Playa del Sol, and Hotel Punta Colorado have the biggest and best sport fishing fleet in all of Mexico. Call toll free to 877-777-TUNA to find out how affordable world-class fishing can be. The finest resorts and the best boats in East Cape. Call 877-777-TUNA. Lake Kachuma is a California treasure. Bald eagles, deer, egrets, foxes, wild turkeys play on the banks and in the trees. Red ear, bluegill, bass and catfish inhabit the waters. Rainbow trout are planted on a regular basis and easily caught from boat or shore. Lake Kachuma Boat Rentals is a key to a successful day on the lake. Call 805-688-4040 for information. Tackle, skiff, or pontoon boat rental. Call Craig at 688-4040. 20 minutes north of Santa Barbara. Kachuma Boat Rentals for a day to remember. World-class golf, fishing, and diving in the clear, warm waters of the Sea of Cortez with a true five-star resort. The Grand Heritage Hotel and Resort at Costa Baja. Great value and without the hustle of other parts of Baja. On the white sand beach with Espirito Santos Island minutes away. Signature restaurants, pools, and accommodations for an intimate weekend, weddings, or corporate events. On the web at Costa Baja resort.com if you're looking for a magical and unique gift for someone special look no further than the skies above you santa barbara soaring specializes in glider rides making memories that last a lifetime experience santa barbara the san Inez valley and central coast with the silence of soaring purchasing a gift certificate is just a couple of clicks away visit santabarbarasoaring.com pick your ride and the certificate will be sent directly to you just in time for the holidays let santa barbara soaring help you provide the gift they'll never forget. SantaBarbaraSoaring.com The water on the lake is smooth as glass. We might get you sunny. We might get you bounce. Oh, what do you say? What do you say? What do you say? Let's go fishing. Come on, let's go fishing. Welcome to Fish Talk Radio. This is John Hennigan in studio, and we have Mark Lassane on the line with us. And guess who just blew in off the water? We have Jason Grupp, the fly fishing guide that, uh, that we're working with and putting some trips together. And 
We've, uh, by the way, Jason, I don't know, you should have called a little bit earlier, but <clears throat> we had Eduardo, the general manager of the Costa Baja Resort in La Paz, just on the line, and we talked a little bit about what we got going in April. And that is, uh, we're going to talk some more about that, because La Paz is certainly one of my favorite places, if not the, because it's it's naturally beautiful, the people, and but it's... It's uh, it's not overdone on the tourist side. There's a lot of tourism there, but it, it that's not uh, it, it's it's not like some of the other tourist towns that we can mention. But anyway, uh, both of you guys, your passion is bass. Jason likes to fly fish, and then of course, uh, Mark just likes to catch them. So why don't we why don't we why don't we just start off talk about them and. Yeah, let's talk a little bit about it, and maybe you guys can give some tips for each other. Sounds good. Yeah, you know, we're coming up on a a great time of year for bass fishing. We're approaching the springtime, and here in California, it kind of seems like it's already spring, but uh, this is the time of year when it starts to get pretty exciting. The spawn's coming up, and, um, you know, getting into February, March, April, it's a great time time of year to be on the water, and I'm going to actually tease you guys a little bit here. I leave tomorrow for Lake El Salto, Mexico, and uh, they've got the big fish down there, so I'm pretty excited about that. Are you taking your you're taking your fly gear down to Mexico? And oh yeah, yeah, I've got yeah. eight nine weight yeah, I got eight and nine weight rods in the boat, and uh, some big topwater patterns, and then one pattern that works really well down there. It's it's actually a topwater pattern, but it's imitating a dime shad. So we throw these, uh, well, a light-looking fly, looks like a shad, and you just twitch it on the surface, and these big eight, nine-pounders come up and just destroy it. It's pretty fun. Oh, that doesn't sound like any fun. <laughs> I'd probably just stay home. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, a, a, lot of guys are, a lot of guys are out throwing swim baits, and we were talking about this earlier, you know, going fishing for big, giant ones, and, and you're fishing for flies, and, you know, I, I, bet, I bet you catch your fair share of, big giant bass on flies yeah no he just got about a seven pounder um off one of my home lakes lake kachuma on fly um real small little bait fish pattern um fairly inexperienced client i just taught him how to cast and got him out there and he locked into a seven pounder and uh hit the fly fish immediately came to the surface and did a big belly flop we both about fell out of the boat when we saw it but oh, nice. it, was, uh, it was pretty exciting so, and when you're on a fly, yeah, ride. very, very exciting. You know, I know that. Um, you know, we were talking about fishing a floating fly, and that's. Uh, you know, it's, even though it's a little teeny bait, it's really a big fish lure, especially when the water's really cold. And um, though I've never, you know, used a fly rod for bass, I fished a floating fly, and you know, I catch a lot of good ones. First fish I ever caught on a floating fly was eight pounds. So I could imagine that fishing, you know, small flies, you know, it's a non-intrusive bait that kind of goes by these big fish where they can just come up and, and bite it. And, and really, you know, especially the fish that are real wary, the real big ones, I, I would imagine you could do really well on uh, on flies. Yeah, you know, I, I think some days I've got an advantage out there. Um, you know, and I'll, I'll hear about tough days on the lake where guys using traditional, you know, type baits and bait casting gear, they're coming in off the water and they say they had a tough day and we went out on fly and killed it. So yeah. a lot of these fish, they're not seeing flies on a daily basis. So you find some good patterns that tap into the bass instinct, and it works. They're not seeing these patterns. It's presented in a different way. It completely looks different to them, and uh, that can sometimes be the trick. You know, one one thing that uh, I think a lot of guys don't think about is the angle of the presentation. So most bass guys, you know, when they're fishing, if they're fishing a worm or jig, they're they're throwing a vertical presentation, you know, getting it down the bottom and working it. And the, the fly is a whole different look. It's a horizontal presentation, plus it's uh, really natural. Yeah, so, no, I, I agree. One of these days I'm going to have to get John out there throwing fly and teach him how to do that. He's, he's one of those saltwater guys. So I'm going to have to put a fly rod in his hand one of these days. Well, going. well I, I know that uh, if I'm with you, Jason, we're going to catch fish no matter what. <laughs> but of course, Jason has this little secret spot that uh, you know. If you're uh, someone like me that just like that, it's not a patient angler, and you like to catch fish, uh, he'll that he'll keep you busy. 
his own yeah. little own little honey hole. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we <laughs> well, can... the, the the key word to that is private water. Yeah. I've got a couple couple areas of private water that don't get a whole lot of pressure, and it's it's pretty fun. Mm-hmm. So. That makes it nice. So, so you guide? Do you guide on some private lakes? I do, I do. I'm I'm in Santa Barbara County, so the central coast of California, and I've got got a couple different lakes that I guide. Um, one at Alisal Ranch. Uh, we've got a private hundred acre lake loaded with northern strain. Mm-hmm. And then I've got a, a, another little private body of water that we loaded with big rainbows out in Los Olivos. And then uh, Lake Kachuma, which is a, a fantastic lake because it's a fishing-only lake. There's no water skiing. It's a reservoir for Santa Barbara. So it, it doesn't get a whole lot of pressure. Uh, most of the guys that are out there are, are, are fishing only. So it's, it's really nice water. So I'm, I'm pretty lucky to have the water that I, I do have around here. And if, if anybody wants to look it up, um, Breakwater Tours is my website breakwater tours and you can you can see the different areas that i'm working around here and you've got a trip you, you mentioned you got a trip to el salto you want to mention that real quick yeah you know i, I take a, i host fishing trips to different places those are on my website as well but i'm taking a, a dozen guys down to lake el salto which is uh inland from mazatlan and in my opinion it's the best bass fishing lake in the world and uh, i've been there over 10 times we're addicted to the place. We go every year, usually around this time of year. And it's about an hour and a half, two hours inland uh, from Mexico, or from Mazatlan. And uh, they've just done a phenomenal job down there with the, the resort, the guides, the boats. Uh, it's just top-notch. And we average between 60 and 100 bass per day per guy. And my <laughs> last... It's, it's unbelievable. And last year, out of those numbers... I caught 20 fish over seven pounds. Um, wow! My biggest wow, being ten and wonderful. a half. It's it's pretty good. So um, yeah, if anybody wants to go down and do some Mexico fishing, let me know and I'll, I'll show you the. Do way. you mostly use flies down there, or do you fish traditional also? I fish both. So I uh, I bombard my guide with uh, about a dozen rods onto the boat, but I bring two or three fly rods, and then I usually bring three, four, five uh, bait casting setups. Um, and so when I first go out, we're hitting topwater early morning. And then once, you know, things settle down on topwater in the morning, then I go to the bait casting and, and traditional gear, fish that all day. And then when we get back into that evening bite, I pick the fly rod back up and whack them with, the, with topwater, uh, small bait fish patterns, different things like that. Uh, again, down there, those fish are not seeing the flies. So I've caught some monsters down there on fly rod. It's, it's pretty neat. I imagine you see they're a lot more aggressive than uh, than the fish, you know, around your hometown. Yeah, it's different. They're Florida strain bass down there. Um, and, and here I've got smallmouth. In California I've got smallmouth, I've got northern strain and Florida strain. So we're chasing all three strains, and they all fish differently. Um, the northern strains are a very aggressive fish, but they don't get huge. Where the Florida right. strain, they're a little more picky. But you know they're they're turning into these these pigs from eating rainbow trout basically. So it, it's it's different wherever you go. Uh, well, Jason, just a, a real quickly, I haven't been there, but from uh, listening to you talk about it, the great thing is it's it's an example of what can be done when things are done right. Uh, it's a, a a lake fish for tilapia that the locals. Uh, of course, they raise the tilapia, and then they, they give some of those uh, tilapia to the bass for you to catch, and then you just catch and release the bass. So it is, uh, it, it's, it's a great symbiotic relationship, and we think that's the way it, things are supposed to be. Yeah, you're absolutely right. They've, they've balanced the lake. Um, the, lodge, the couple of lodges that are on the lake have worked with the locals to create a program that supports everybody supports their commercial fishing, like you said, for the tilapia, and they catch and release the bass, which keeps us going down there. And so they've really balanced it out and and worked with the locals, worked with us coming down there, and and they've created just a a fantastic lodge. And it it, it puts a lot of them to work, too, at the lodge. These guys, you know, some of them have been guiding down there 20, 30 years. And uh, so, yeah, it's just a great, great deal down there in, in Mexico, and uh, it gives us a chance to fish, you know, some of the best bass lakes in the world. Mm-hmm. They, well, they guys, we're, in this segment, we got probably less than a minute. Any quick uh, tips or comments for bass fishing this time of the year? Go ahead, Mark. 
Oh, uh, you know, <laughs> so, I'm sorry. I was sleeping, sleeping at the wheel here. So, uh, you know, uh, this time of year, you can look for these bass staging. You know, you look for them, look for the deep haunts, uh, and then right next to the shallow, shallow structure, you want to look for some ditches and the deep water next to the shallow structure where they'll be spawning. That's where those really big ones are going to start coming up. And okay. Whether well, you're throwing a fly or a swim bait, that's, that's the place to get them. That's, that's a good tip. Main thing is, is get out there, right? Get out there. There you go. You're not going to catch them sitting behind and watching TV. Yeah, well, I'm sure there's a lot of people that have been uh, suffered a little bit more than we have on the West Coast, and they're anxious to get out there and get something. Oh, like, you so. know what? I'm, I'm sure here on the okay. West Coast, uh, you know, we're having drought conditions, but the weather is just beautiful. Okay. Um, so it's, it's nice. Right. I imagine back east it's, it's not well, so much. Well, if, if you guys don't mind, we're going to continue after a short break. We're going to see if we can get some reports uh, locally out of California at Channel Island Sport Fishing and maybe even a lake report. But I, I think this is we're having a lot of fun. It looks like this is the time of the year that we start talking about bass fishing and just fishing, especially for those that have, have been put through, <laughs> put through some tough times weather-wise. You're listening to Fish Talk Radio. Go to fishtalkradio.com. Also go to bassanglermag.com, and we'll be right back. Vagabundos Del Mar Boat and Travel Club has 42 years experience introducing RVers to the joys of Mexico. Specializing in Baja, Vagabundos leads caravans and sponsors fishing tournaments, trailer boat cruises, and weekend getaways in Mexico and the West. Vagabundos Del Mar also saves its 10,000 members tons of money on low-cost auto insurance. Stay up to date on Mexican travel with the printed newsletter online at vagabundos.com or call 800-474-BAJA. For more than a century, sport fishermen have led the charge for conservation. From trout to marlin, anglers have worked to protect our natural resources and establish successful programs that benefit fish and fishermen. Today, this legacy is at risk. Unless we step up and lead the fight for real-world conservation, that's what the sport Fishing Conservancy is all about doing what's best for fish and fishing and making sure anglers get the credit we deserve. Check out the Sport Fishing Conservancy and find out how you can help at sportcon.org. It's time for you to take a real fun adventure. Join a hosted fishing adventure to Alaska or Baja with the staff of Fish Talk Radio. Real fun adventures can book you on any adventure you desire. Bring your fishing friends or meet new ones. Fish Talk Radio gets the best deals from our sponsors to give you the best possible price. Real fun trips are inclusive, easy, no-worry packages to the most popular fish grounds. Trips start around $600. Go to reelfunadventures.com. Want to make your drive more exciting? It starts with Shell V Power Premium Gasoline. It's Ferrari's choice for improved performance. Shell V Power removes an average of 60% of performance-robbing gunk on intake valves left by low-quality premium gasolines. And it starts with your very first tank. The result is the kind of performance that gives you more excitement behind the wheel. Choose Shell V Power Premium Gasoline today and let the excitement begin. Talk Radio. I'm John Hennigan in studio with Mark Lassane from Bass Angler Magazine or BassAnglerMag.com. Is that right, Mark? That's right. There you go. BAM for short. Okay. BAM. Okay. 
Alrighty. And then we also have a delightful young lady from Channel Island Sport Fishing, uh, a.k.a. Cisco's, and they, in the, you know, obviously in the Channel Islands area of uh, kind of central California. Amy, it's well, always a pleasure to have you on. Oh, thank you. It's always nice to be on. Okay. Well, let's talk a little bit about maybe some fishing in this time of the year. It's been, for those that are east of us, They've had a little bit different winter than we have. Matter of fact, we have, um, um, you know, a, I guess you'd call it a winter because it's January, <laughs> December, January, but it, it's been unseasonably warm. And, of course, you don't have to worry about the rain filling up the lakes because you, you guys fish in the ocean. Yeah, that's right. No, not a big drought here. No, <laughs> no. <laughs> and so the, levels, the, the level of the ocean hasn't dropped a whole lot then. <laughs> Nope, not at all. Okay, but it's an exciting time for you, and I know that is because well, every year for about two months, the Department of Fish and Game, I guess that's who does it, is decides to let the, the rockfish take a little bit of a break and repopulate and relax without getting those uh, anglers chasing them around, but that's coming up next weekend. You can go back out there. Yeah, yeah, we're, we're all pretty excited. Mm-hmm. Now, when the season opens up for rockfish, obviously you're going to be doing that, but give an idea a little bit about the species that you're going to be targeting uh, and maybe how to do that and, you know, how deep of water you fish, that kind of stuff. For rockfish? Whatever you're going to be fishing. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's a, a big umbrella term for a lot of different species of, of fish, which is great. Um, I'm a pretty simple simple fisherman, I you know, just squid strips, and uh, anywhere up to 300 feet, really. Well, now you mentioned a pretty simple fisherman. So squid's an interesting thing, and in the salt water, it's it's ubiquitous. I mean, you can use squid. I've used squid in Alaska, in Baja, uh, and, of course, along in California for um, top water, for bottom fish. Uh, it seems like you can use it for almost anything. And, of course, I don't know, Mark, you don't do a whole lot of saltwater fishing, but I, I guess that's kind of the equivalent of a night crawler. I don't know. <laughs> In that, you're talking about, about squids and, yeah. and throwing them down there for rockfish. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We've, we've done that a little bit. You know, we do that out in the bay, uh, out in San Francisco Bay a little bit. Yeah. And, uh, you know, right outside the gate. A little bit. Usually when we put the crab traps out, we yeah. go out and uh, look for rock, rockfish in yeah. between uh, catching the crabs well along here and also at cisco's landing they have their own bait boat they go out and catch sardines and anchovies and you know of course live bait always uh, always is what you were looking for but that squid just seems like it just always keeps working doesn't it yep always pretty universal yeah and by the way you can catch more than one fish on the same bait absolutely you know it's working there you go and so uh, next well it starts what is it april February starts beginning of February. When does it actually start? The rockfish. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's actually March, March first. Oh, March first. That's right. Okay, yeah. February, January, February, March. Okay, yeah, January, February. Right. Okay. Well, um, I guess we can hang on a little bit longer. <laughs> we'll see. I don't know. Mm-hmm. We're all pretty antsy around here. Mm-hmm. But you now, are, is, the, is yeah. the rock fishing off the hook when uh, we're, you know in the first part of March? Is it just really good when you go out and you know? get one every couple drops and it is yeah it is they're all pretty excited too <laughs> well it's you, get, you get lingcod and and uh, sea bass and everything down there and yeah we sure do the lingcod's in in april the lingcod opener um but yeah okay. we, we knock knock them dead in, in march with rockfish absolutely and last year was a good year all it has to do is continue on yeah i think it will mm-hmm uh, so what are you doing for fishing now? I know that you've got boats going out all the time. I know that, uh, I guess the whales are still migrating. This is one of the peak seasons, isn't it? It is, yeah. We have whale watching trips pretty much daily um, on the weekends twice a day. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's, they've had a great time out there. Well, <clears throat> if anybody happens to be in this part of the world, they should go in and talk to Amy because there's still a lot of fun you can have on the water. You're still doing some fishing trips, even though that you may not be targeting certain rockfish, but there's a lot of other fish out there for you to, to do. And I don't know if the if the if lobster hooping, is that still going on? Um, it's still season for them, but we're not doing it anymore. Mm-hmm. You, already, you already caught all you needed? <laughs> yes, that's it. <laughs> yeah, that's it. 
But uh, no, that's that is. But just just getting out there, and the weather has just been uh, it's almost crazy. Yeah. And it's just been so nice and sunny that it's kind of I don't know what's going to happen when we're supposed to have be getting nice weather. <laughs> I love it. It's <laughs> been beautiful. We sure could use some rain, though. Yeah. Well, as I said, Amy's not worried about that. She said the ocean hasn't dropped at all. <laughs> yeah. But I like my freshwater fishing, too. Don't get me wrong. I'd like to see, you know, a little bit more, more waters than those. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, why don't uh, we see if we can get some people to give Amy a call and get on one of the boats. How many boats do you have at, Ch- at Cisco's? Uh, Twelve. Well, you got you got it pretty much covered, don't you? That's right. <laughs> okay. Well, anyway, it is uh, the if you go to uh, was it cisco's dot com? Yep, yeah, that's it. Cisco's com. It's an easy one. It is. Alrighty, Amy. As usual, you did a delightful job. <laughs> Thank you very much. And, I, and, to be and again, we keep saying we're going to get you down to Mexico, and I think we're going to do that for sure this year, Absolutely. so that we can. You can talk a little bit more on the radio about that kind of stuff also. Okay, sounds good. All righty, Amy. Talk uh, to you soon. Thanks so much. Right. Bye. Okay. And um, Mark, something I talked about a little bit earlier, and I'm just kind of, maybe I'm a little bit curious about it, is squid does work almost everywhere, anywhere in saltwater. And I'm not really sure why, but, you know, it's. Uh, I think it's one of the, it has a very high concentration of biomass in the oceans, and I guess that's probably why, because you can find different types of squid everywhere. But as it far as... It probably tastes good. You know, I know I like to eat squid, yeah. so, you know, I think that, you know, maybe all the things that swim mm-hmm. and uh, predator fish like to eat them, too. Yeah, well, I know it's a, it's a very uh, big part of the diet for a lot of different kinds of fish, and there's a lot of different kinds of squid, uh, even the uh, uh, those giant... Uh, Humboldt squid that we that we see along here once in a while and down in Baja that get to be 40, 50, 60 pounds. Those are kind of scary. But yeah, the, I guess they uh, are. Is there, is there something comparable? You know, I, I said earthworms, but realistically, earthworms still work, don't they? Sure they do. So, you know, that's a, a guy's fishing from the bank, you know, throwing a bobber with an mm-hmm. earthworm. I mean, there's I'm sure there's thousands and thousands of bass caught on them every single year. Um, you know, just like, uh, you know, minnows are, minnows are good. Um, you know, bass uh, seems like the, you know, they change their mood now and again, you know, kind of like, kind of like we do. Mm-hmm. So sometimes they want, uh, you know, shrimp or crawfish, and sometimes they want bait fish, and other times they want, you know, like a salamander, lizard, even a bird, or, you know, or a, a, maybe an earthworm. Or a frog. Or a frog, yeah. you know, bass are a... a uh, omnivorous creature that mm-hmm. that you know will pretty much eat anything that fits in its mouth. Well, that's interesting. Have you ever heard the old story? I, I don't know if it's an urban legend about the mouse on a plank. Oh, uh, you know, I, I think I, I think I recall hearing that story. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm I'm not even sure I should mention it on the air, but you know, supposedly you you get like a shingle or a little plank and put a, a mouse on it with a little hook in it and you just just let it go. Out, out, in the, out in the water when it gets out there, you know, with, you know, maybe a couple hundred feet, you just give it a little tug, and then the mouth falls off the plank and it's trying to, trying to swim in the water. And, uh, and uh, you know what? If there's a bass close by to that mouse, it, it would be goner. <laughs> That's terrible. Uh, you know, That's terrible. I, I personally caught a small mouth that uh, spit up a, a little brown or a little, you know, gray or black mouse. Uh-huh. So I think, you know, the mice run along the rip-rap rocks. You know, mm-hmm. they get too close to the water, and, you know, I mean, the bass are going to jump up and get them. Oh, yeah. I've heard stories about them, uh, uh, bass actually just jumping out of the water and grabbing a frog. Exactly, yeah. And birds, too. They eat, you know, little ducks and really? you know, swallows. And, you know, like I said, they eat anything that will get in their mouth. But yeah. once the water gets warmer and the fish start feeding up on the top, when the water stay gets up to around 60 degrees, and mm-hmm. the bass really get hungry and they start eating things on top and they will eat almost anything you know, there's companies that you know there's a you know we know there's a lot of companies out there that make frogs there's some of them that make bird lures you know that <laughs> sit on no top way. of water and yeah i mean we throw uh, you know there's snakes that uh, you know bass eat snakes and you know like i said anything that swims on top of the water that will fit in their mouth they would they would eat it well, that that or is yeah, that is interesting. We don't have a whole lot of time. I was just wondering if you had any particular uh, story that you wanted to share with us about your your time on the water. Oh God, I'm not 
not good with stories. Oh. Well, you're, you're, an, <laughs> you're, you're an angler. Just make it up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, uh, anyway, we won't put you on the spot. It probably wasn't fair for me to do that. But Bass Angler Mag, what's, what's in your latest issue? Well, you know, we have we have the winter issue that's out right now. We have a uh, you know a lot a lot in there. You know, we talk about some shallow water fishing, some swim bait fishing. Um, you know, jerk bait fishing is uh, is pretty big in the winter time and into the end of the spring. And you know, a lot of guys maybe some guys don't know what that is. And uh, a jerk bait is a long, slender bait. You know, anywhere from four to eight inches long, and that. They dive to different depths, but, you know, in the wintertime, you want one that dives probably five to eight feet deep. Okay. And you you reel it down, and you you basically jerk it a couple times where it darts back and forth, and then you let it sit. Okay, Mark, so, we're going we're gonna yeah. to we're have to go on this segment, it looks like. So let's go again. It's BassAnglerMag.com. Get a hold of that and get in touch with Mark. Okay. Appreciate it. You are listening to Fish Talk Radio. This is John Hennigan, and that we have Mark Lassain on the line, and we appreciate you tuning in. Vagabundos del Mar Boat and Travel Club has 42 years experience introducing RVers to the joys of Mexico. Specializing in Baja, Vagabundos leads caravans and sponsors fishing tournaments, trailer boat cruises, and weekend getaways in Mexico and the West. Vagabundos del Mar also saves its 10,000 members tons of money on low-cost auto insurance. Stay up to date on Mexican travel with the printed newsletter online at vagabundos.com or call 800-474-BAJA. The Santa Barbara Channel offers some of the most productive sport fishing in the world. Channel Island Sport Fishing offers the most boats to enjoy it. Call 805-383-1612. At Channel Island Sport Fishing, you pick the time and place you want to go. Nearshore halibut, calico bass and rockfish, or fish the Channel Islands for white sea bass and yellow tail. For whale watching and private charters, Channel Island Sport Fishing in Oxnard has clean, modern boats with professional, friendly crews. Make your reservations for a deep-sea adventure by calling 805-383-1612. The East Cape of Baja, Mexico is world famous for sport fishing. Dorado, tuna, wahoo, marlin, sailfish, roosterfish, and parco. The Van Wormer Resorts make dreams come true at a price all can afford. Hotel Palmas de Cortez, Playa del Sol, and Hotel Punta Colorado have the biggest and best sport fishing fleet in all of Mexico. Call toll-free to 877-777-TUNA to find out how affordable world-class fishing can be. The finest resorts and the best boats in East Cape. Call 877-777-TUNA. It's time for you to take a real fun adventure. Join a hosted fishing adventure to Alaska or Baja with the staff of Fish Talk Radio. Real Fun Adventures can book you on any adventure you desire. Bring your fishing friends or meet new ones. Fish Talk Radio gets the best deals from our sponsors to give you the best possible price. Real fun trips are inclusive, easy, no-worry packages to the most popular fish grounds. Trips start around $600. Go to reelfunadventures.com. My mission, I just had a premonition about a rod and a reel Let me fiddling up until you're kidding me I got the feel, I got the feel, I know it's real I got the feel of a musician Fishing is my Welcome back is my to Fish Talk Radio I'm John Hennigan in studio We have Mark Lassane from Bass Angler Mag And we've been having just a great time today Talking about fashion, of course With a magazine like Bass Angler Magazine uh, You probably suspect 
what uh, what Mark's passion is. Talking about bass. There you go. There you go. Those big green guys with the big green mouth. (laughs) There you go. Bigger the better. And and you're talking a little bit about they'll eat almost anything, I guess, that they can fit in their mouth. But uh, you know, let's let's talk a little bit about some of the different things that they may eat. But some of the more popular things, and maybe some different ways to to use these different types of of, uh, baits. Well, you know, it changes with every season. So I, I think if we we talk about right here and now, you know, depending on what part of the country you're in, as long as the water's not frozen, you can go You can go bass fishing. And actually, some people drill holes in the ice and fish for them. I haven't tried that, but, I, but I've heard tell that people do that. So uh, generally, this time of year, when the water's cold, most of the bass are going to be close to the bottom. So you're going to want to fish a bait that is close to the bottom. And, uh, you know, depending on what reservoir or lake you're fishing, um, it's, they're going to be deep. So some of the southern reservoirs and lakes, you know, deep is six or eight feet. Out here in California, you know, deep is 30, 40, 50, 60, 70 feet deep. So you're going to be looking for the fish that are on the bottom. They're going to be close to close to structure. Um, a lot of them, in, uh, if there's a river channel, like a swing in the river channel would be a good place. And you're going to want to throw uh, baits like a, like a jig or a worm. Uh, possibly a spoon, something that's going to be real close to the bottom, and also something that you can maybe move pretty slow. Mm-hmm. The bass are, uh, uh, bass's uh, temperament, you could say, is uh, dependent upon the water temperature. So the colder it is, the slower they move. The warmer it is, the faster they move. And we talked uh, earlier mm-hmm. about uh, you get around 60 degrees and the bass start coming up to the top and pretty much eating almost anything that, that swims along top of the water. But, you know, this time of year when the water's in the 40s and 50 mm-hmm. degrees, they're down at the bottom and you want to move a bait that's pretty well, slow. And you're, you're talking about jerk baits uh, that we're talking about. We might do that a little bit. Now, a jerk bait, is that one that, uh, that they make in the Caribbean? That is, you know, I haven't heard that, but they make them all over, uh, you know, Japan, China, and the United States. There's, a, you know, probably a, a couple dozen companies that make mm-hmm. them. And, uh, you know, when you're fishing a jerkbait, you're generally fishing for a, a fish that is suspended up off the bottom. You know, there's a lot of bass, and they're usually feeding on the bottom this time of year, but there's also a population of them that live up off the bottom. They call them suspended fish, and they're generally inactive. But... Bass being an opportunistic feeder, one sometimes when you jerk that bait a few times and let it sit there, that bass will come up and hit it um, instinctively. Uh, you know, you can kind of think of it like uh, playing with your cat, rolling a ball of string yeah. across the floor. Yeah. But bass, uh, as we know, don't have hands or fingers. They can't touch it. They have to feel it with their mouth. Mm. And, you know, if you're throwing something with a treble hook on it, good chance you're going to get one hooked up. Yeah, well, that's kind of a good analogy. So it actually is if you pester them, they, they will attack it. Yes. So they're, they're uh, you know, they're like, like a curious fish that would, uh, you know, will attack baits and they, they seek out things. You know, they'll, they'll uh, sometimes, sometimes in the summer when you're in your boat and you have a big shade line, you can look underneath your boat and the bass will come up underneath your boat and sit in the shade. And, okay. you know, like they're a curious <clears throat> creature trying to figure out what's going on. So I rarely can catch those fish, but you get to see them once in a while. Mark, we're going to, again, bring this to a close, but we would like to get people to go to uh, BassAnglerMag.com. We especially want you to go to FishTalkRadio.com. Click on Real Fun Adventures. Take a look at some of the trips we have. Get in touch with me, and we've got some incredible stuff. Just take a look at it. See what you want. Get in touch, and we'll talk about it, and we'll see what we can do to make it happen for you. We really appreciate that. You are listening to Fish Talk Radio, and we appreciate you tuning in, and thank you, Mark. Have a good day. Thanks. you gone fishing. Ah, you know. But there's a sign upon your door. Ah. Gone fishing.